Jammy tell them free weed. I times radio. Free weed. Free weed. Then you dank up on the I times radio. Free weed. Free weed. Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on High Times Radio, presented by High Times Magazine. Boom, bang! Hey, welcome back, you guys. It's Danny and Mike, and we are back with High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko, our cultivation podcast. We got a great show today, uh, number 89. Chemdog is here with us, and we've got tons of cultivation info for you guys, so stick around and get growing. All right. Welcome, you guys. This is historic. <laughs> we we are back. Free Weed is back, and uh, we're super excited about it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the uh, the song there from DJ Jacques and reggae artist Windstrong. It's and been an a, updated song, right? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've heard the... The reggae stylings of our our friends Winstrong and Jacques. So <laughs> you listen to it every day. <laughs> you like wake up and play it. No, no, but uh, it's true. We have been gone for a while. Uh, I believe since October of 2015. Is that correct? Mike? That is correct. God, when you say it, it sounds like a really long time. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know two and a half years. And so, uh, you know, the first thing we want to do is 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 apologize for our absence. Uh, and at the same time, explain a little bit about uh, what happened. And and so, I really think the uh, you know the bottom line is is we weren't in a place uh, in 2015 to uh, maintain. Uh, Mike, what's that word where uh, you do stuff over and over again? It's, it's a consistency, Dan. Right. Yeah. Right. We did not feel like we could maintain the consistency, and we were putting out shows every two or three weeks, every month, whatever every fortnight and uh you know now uh we are in a place where we're committed to consistency we're going to be a weekly show on the high times podcast network so we're very excited about that we're, we're dropping every thursday um we'll be putting shows up for you guys to listen to so and there's uh, other great shows there as well absolutely you, know, you guys should listen to so. absolutely it's a yeah. whole network of shows and uh we're kind of the cultivation uh part of it so we're excited about that and we're, we're super excited to be back and be doing this and we hope that you guys share that excitement and you know our commitment to consistency we hope uh, you guys will repay with you know uh, subscribing liking commenting uh, following us on social media interacting with the show because we want the show to be about you guys we want you guys to learn how to grow your own cannabis um, the whole point of the premise of the show was always you know to free the weed so Yes, uh, and, yeah. for, and for those of you who may not know, because we probably have some new listeners, uh, this used to be a podcast. That's right. And it's a podcast again. We did, right. I think, 88 episodes we of it. We did 88 episodes. We, yeah. we started in 2011 right? Uh, with our first episodes in August, I believe, of 2011 with the first show and proceeded to do 88 episodes um, with interviews uh, with Grow Luminaries, people in the cannabis culture, yeah. uh, you know, some big names, I, I, I feel, in, at least in, my, you know, in our world, uh, Jorge Cervantes and yeah. Lester Grinspoon and Subcool and, and, you know, all kinds of breeders. Uh, a lot has happened, again, in the last uh, 
<laughs> last three years. Uh, I want to mention all those old yeah. episodes too, by the That's way, right. we have them here. So if you missed out the first run, you know, we welcome you. We want you to join us and please listen. Most of those back issues are like available on like gramophone or something. <laughs> I think. It's been a while, but, yeah. um, but check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Go back and listen to, you know, episode one through 80, 88. You can hear sort of the evolution of the show. And, uh, you know, there's some funny moments, some sad moments, all kinds of fun going on in there. And that's why we're calling this episode number 89, because uh, although there was a gap there of three years, we, uh, you know, it's the same show. We're going to interview people. We're going to talk to luminaries in the cannabis world. Uh, Again, another thing that has changed in the last three years is my uh, producer and co-host here, Mike Hughes, (laughs) is now editor-in-chief Mike Giannakos. He's the editor-in-chief of High Times Magazine. And uh, so congratulations to you, Mike. Oh, thanks. It's crazy. Once I changed my name to Janakis, it really opened doors for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you wanted to go with something easier to pronounce. Yeah. You know, less ethnic. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so yeah, but, there'd be no confusion. This is the same Mike, just yeah. with a new and improved, easy to use last name. Yeah, so. we could just call him Mike G. That yeah. kind of goes by Mike G. Um, so that's what we call them. And uh, people who listen closely uh, probably noticed there were a few times in those shows in the early days where I just was too lazy to edit out when a guest just called me Mike G instinctively. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a few of those in there. Nice, nice. Well, um, you know, congrats. And so you know that means everything you see inside High Times Magazine, uh, you know, is is brought to that issue by the editor in chief. So Mike is overseeing the entire. Uh, print edition of the magazine on a monthly basis. So. Well, uh, Dan's for the first time being a little modest here. He obviously is a, a huge part of the magazine. Actually, I've been here 12 years. I think you've been 15. Is that right? 16, 16 years. 16? Yeah, like for the first time in my uh, run at this company, like the editorial staff is really tight. There's a very, very small number of us. So Dan and I really are doing quite a bit of the magazine. That's so right. we, we really recommend you go and pick it up and check it out. Uh, we're very proud of it. And um, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know we do have a much smaller crew these days, uh, putting it all together. Uh, but a great group of freelancers and people that are contributing a lot uh, to that magazine. So it's exciting. And you know a lot of the stuff goes up on the website as well after its off sale date uh, in the mag. So I have a bunch of grow stuff up there um, that you guys can check out. So yeah, a lot. Uh, let's see what else has happened here. Uh, well, I, I would just suggest, since we were talking about it, that you guys go check out the, the issue that's on newsstands right now. Um, there was a movie right. a few years back, uh, 2001, I think it came out, called Super Troopers. Hilarious. Yeah, pretty good. Kind of got a cult uh, following. And then uh, they decided to do a Super Troopers 2, and we were fortunate enough to kind of pair up with them and do an interview, and the Super Trooper guys are on the cover of our June issue. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a really cool issue. We were thrilled to be able to have the, uh, the Broken Lizard guys, but that's actually not what's on newsstands right now. Uh, right now, the July issue is available, and that has an incredible story about you, the world's biggest growth. <laughs> that's right. I uh, went up to... Uh, Alberta, Canada, and visited Aurora, which is one of the licensed producers up there. And I actually got to visit an 800, over 800,000 square foot uh, facility there, a greenhouse that they're building there right in the Edmonton airport, uh, which was quite an eye opener. Yeah, and that's monstrous. And you, you took a helicopter to see this <laughs> that's thing, right? That's right. That's right. We rode a helicopter around Edmonton 
uh, and above the uh, the venue just to see how massive it is. And so I wrote that up uh, in that July issue, and we've got a bunch of other cool stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, we talk about the legal scene in Uruguay, which is really right. interesting. The first country to legalize pot. That's right. Uh, Bigger Yields Made Easy by Nico, my uh, colleague in the cultivation department. Uh, cloning, Frequently Asked Questions by a contributor, Stony Tark. Uh, so a lot of good grow stuff. And then, uh, you know, a great interview with our, our uh, Freeweed uh, alumnus, Jackie Martling. Yeah, Jackie, friend, the, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jackie the Joke Man. Uh, who will be back on a future episode as well with a new book out. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's interesting, uh, for this one, the cover is a little controversial in-house. When I look at it, I see like fireworks. And that's why I thought it would work for July because the colors look bright and happy and summery. Some other people, they see Christmas tree lights. What do you <laughs> think? Where do you weigh in on this? Uh, I just think it's a really frosty bud. Uh, it, looks, <laughs> <laughs> it looks really amazing and I think uh, you know, with something like that, it works any time of year. All right. Well, you guys should go pick it up. Uh, pick it up. The July issue of High Times Magazine. It's on newsstands right now. We're excited about this issue, and uh, yeah. And we have a great show today that we should tell you about. Um, Absolutely. One of your all-time favorite guests is joining us. Yeah, Chemdog. The original Chemdog is here to tell us about uh, his, you know, plans for the future, and we're going to talk about the the history of the Chem. Uh, which is now, you know, over 25 years, 26 years uh, since those first beans were popped. And, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, how that all went down, you know, what the what role the Grateful Dead parking lot scene had to, to, to play in all that. And, and uh, yeah, and what role it played in, in improving the quality of cannabis all around the world. And so we're going to talk to Kem about that as well and, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, plus we have a cultivation section. We're bringing Strain of the Fortnite back. Uh, Dan is going to talk about cloning. Plus, we're going to answer your questions. So stick around and welcome back to Free Weed. Yeah. All right. We are so happy to have BC Northern Lights back as a sponsor uh, for the relaunch. They make the most incredible grow boxes on earth, uh, incredible uh, touchscreen technology, very uh, well-assembled, three-year warranty on these machines, uh, very self-sufficient. So if you want to get growing and you don't want the hassles of having to build a grow room or convert an existing space into a grow room, get yourself a BC Northern Lights grow box. Visit them at bcnorthernlights.com. There's a lot of different options to choose from. The roommate the bloom box the mothership they even have machines for drying uh so check them out at bcnorthernlights.com or give them a ring seven days a week at 888-236-1266 that's 888-236-1266 be sure to tell them that you heard about them from free weed podcast uh from danny danko and they have special deals and, and things included for when you when you mention the podcast so check them out. Like I said, bcnorthernlights.com. All right, we are back. And for our first show back, uh, we decided to get a guest um, of legendary status, I believe, and also someone who doesn't really do these sort of uh, podcasts and appearances very often. Uh, None other than the legendary Chemdog. Welcome, Chemdog. Hey guys, thanks for having me. How you doing? Great, great. Um, I know you know. There's you know a lot of lore in the industry about uh, um, the chem dog strains, 
And I guess it all starts back in June of 1991, is that correct? That is correct, at Deer Creek Music Theater in Noblesville, Indiana, at a Grateful Dead show. So at this Grateful Dead show in uh, Deer Creek, Indiana, is when you first encountered uh, what later became the chem, right? Yep, that is correct. I met um, Joe B and Peabody were out in the parking lot. And they were uh, swinging bags that day, and I happened to just catch them at the right time and ended up purchasing a bag of chem dog from them. Um, it was only a quarter ounce. There's a lot of different stories out there, but it was like a quarter ounce, I believe, at the show that day. They were limiting people. So it was very limited. And um, luckily, I actually kept in touch, actually, for some reason, asked him for his number and wrote his number down. I saved his number. And we kept in touch a little bit throughout the tour, but that was the last time I, you know, that was the only time I saw him on our tour was at Deer Creek. I don't believe we ended up seeing each other the whole rest of the tour. We were on the whole tour, both of us, but we did not run to each other again. But I'll sure tell you that I doled out that bag of chem dog the whole tour. <laughs> and now, what was it that impressed you about that chem, that, that, that first quarter ounce? Um, I would think the taste or the smell, I believe. Yeah. And it's so. Uh, from there, basically, uh, they sent you some some uh, some more of that in the mail, and there were some seeds uh, at the bottom of that bag, right? Yeah, it happened, in, I believe, in August. I'm pretty sure it was August that I touched base with them guys again and happened to be like, hey, you know, I'd love to get some of that again. It's some of the best pot I've ever smoked or tasted or, you know, in my life. And I, you know, was always looking for good herb back then. There's a lot of, you know, there's some good herb back then, for sure, but nothing like this yet. And um, I ended up getting an ounce at that second time from them. Um, when I got it mailed back to them, or when they got it over to me, there was an ounce there, and actually in that ounce there was 13 feet. Wow. And which the 13 feet became the first four were started, and those became the original sister, and then there was the original chem dog, which wasn't chem 91 at that point because I labeled it chem dog. The reason I labeled it chem dog is because when I first got the herb from Joe B and Peabody, they had told me that it was dog bud that was known as dog bud to them, and also was known as chemweed to some people. So I basically just combined both the names and I started the seeds, you know, when I started those first four and just called the chem dog and for both. Now, I want to remind some of the younger listeners here uh, about the situation in 1991. I mean, people nowadays uh, are used to being able to go into a shop and having their choice of you know f high quality cannabis, uh, but in 1991 that was quite a rarity. I mean, people were still smoking Mexican weed back then. People um, were just sort of discovering seedless pot and having uh, access to you know BC bud and things like that. So really high end, high quality stuff uh, was was very very hard to find in 1991. That's correct, right? Oh, that is fully correct, and let alone just not just that, but I mean, guys, you figure take. I was only eighteen at that point, and also at that point, you had to freaking when you went to the grocery store, you'd have to take separate routes each time, and you'd have to almost borrow other friends' cars, and it was like you know, it was totally. The, the cops used to wait in parking lots and check your license plate. It was a whole different story than it is now. These guys got it way easy. In <laughs> fact, I still look over my back, and I live in freaking a legal state and a rec state right now, and it's like I still look over my back, even though I'm not doing a damn thing wrong. I think it's just instinct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what is your take on on you know legalization in Massachusetts and and you know having that move towards the East Coast and all that? I mean, you know. Again, since 1991, it's there's been a lot of changes. 
I think it's, I agree. I, I think it's great, especially for Mass and a lot of states. I agree with what they're doing, with the, you know, with the rules about keeping it, you know, as far as like the limits is 18, you know, for medical and 21 for rec and that kind of stuff. I fully agree with that. You know, and I have kids that are in teenage years, and I definitely don't condone it at that point because, honestly, your brains are still developing, and I feel that, you know, if it should be smoked, it should be in a later, you know, a later stage in their youth and stuff. So there's definitely, like, I think there's more pros to it than cons for sure, and I think they should really figure that out because it's definitely time to make changes with the whole, you know, legalization in a lot of other states too, and at least for medical life too. As far as like the CBD goes and all that, um, it's definitely the last 15 years gone complete 180 degrees on how the what it used to be and what it is nowadays. You know, I agree with that. I, I don't find anything bad about it, or you know, think I think the approach Mass took was excellent. Um, we have good laws in Mass. I don't think anything's. I mean, I don't think see anybody bitching about them yet. You know, the taxes aren't too bad yet. But I don't know. What do you think about the laws in Mass? Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, are people going to be allowed to grow a certain amount of plants for themselves if they choose? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can grow right. 12 right now. Six so, or 12 per household. If you have two people in the household, obviously you can have 12. And it's, um, it's you know, that's that's how it is right now. Yeah. And, and medical rules are different, you know. So when I visited uh, you to write about the, the, the chem, um, we talked about your growing techniques back at that time, um, which was pretty simple stuff, right? I mean, it was basically um, five-gallon buckets like you would get at a Home Depot. Five-gallon buckets with, you know, I used to use, I used to use uh, basically used to use ProMix and add a little extra ProAid and vermiculate to it. And um, nothing crazy, just regular soil, five-gallon buckets, you know, um, towards the end, you know, when you flower, obviously. And I would use all organic, honestly, um, or what it was back then, you know, earth juice. I used a lot of earth juice back in the day. <laughs> um, haven't really started back up too much now. I'm just starting back with things. So I'm going to kind of go with different roots, different things that are still, you know, obviously like earth juice. I'm, I'm open to trying everything. I'm not biased to anything. You know, I'm not anti this, anti that. There's so much of that going on in this industry. It's sickening. There's yeah. also, uh, you know, the sort of unsubstantiated uh, claims that, uh, you know, chem strains were involved in the creation of uh, sour diesel and even OG Kush um, to a certain extent. Now, uh, you know the the prevailing theory is that uh, the the sour diesel that became very popular here in New York um, was kind of an accidental cross of DNL and the Chem ninety one um, in later in the nineties uh, after you know that original uh, ninety one discovery. Yeah, and that was through the. Uh the Staten Island crew, and I believe that's what—that's how it really, you know, how it did pan out. You know, mm -hmm. I do believe the sour is the, you know, the mom is the ninety-one, but there's a lot of controversy on that too. You know, right? And um, the the AJ sour, which is like you know the the popular, the, real, the, the most popular yeah. one here, in, you know, in the city. Um, and then there's the whole Kush story that you know possibly some uh, some Chem ninety-one bag seed. Uh, from that same tour, but later in, in Florida, uh, in Tampa, uh, may have uh, spawned the uh, original OG Kush that came from Florida yeah. to... Like, I still laugh about this to this day, because at that Tampa show, when was it? Was it, they said in 90, what was it they said they found in Tampa and when? 
I, I think it was 94 or, or 95. 94. And I think it was, I don't know, but I sold a shitload of season weed at the dead shows there. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> at those yeah. Tampa dead shows back in the day, I had a bunch of, not bad, it wasn't bad, but there was definitely like, it was a, a, a strain that we that I started with. An old string we had called Captain Berry Chem. I mean, it was called Captain Berry, like an orange skunk one, basically. And it hit the Chem 91 back in the day. It made us, I had like a few seeds, I don't know what happened, but I had a few seeds of it, it was just sick. It almost tasted like Skittles. I'm not gonna say it was, it was on that like turpy taste, you know, fruity, like weird taste like that, but it had a gas punch to it. And it had seeded up on me. And I brought it all down to Tampa to the Dead Shows. And you know, kept a little bit and sold most of it, but there was definitely some seeds of that floating around. I doubt that's it, but I'm just saying it's funny. You know, I'm not trying to take any claims. I'm not like that, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, it, there's a bunch of different stories about the Florida. You know, the, about that, about the cushion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of think they're related. I, I don't know if we could really find out if they were, but I believe they are related. You know, mm-hmm. how and when I don't know, but I think they are somehow related. Well, yeah, and if you look at the um, the Phylos Bioscience, uh, you know, strain map, you can see that they are closely related in in, in genetic history. Um, so yeah, the problem with that, I, I was talking to them guys at the museum show too. The problem with that is you're getting cuts from people that who knows where the hell they're getting the goddamn cuts from. Of course. So that's what I was. I'm like, if you guys want some of my cuts, I'd gladly give them up to you. They're really, you know, the ones we've had, just to see what the hell's going on, you know. But I, you know, there's also like they told me their Chem 91 cut was the Jason Pinsky cut. I almost rolled over laughing. Like, what the hell is the Jason Pinsky? I mean, come on guys, what the hell did you, I said this to you. I'm like, what the hell is Jason Pinsky 91 cut? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Bad thing I sold him in 2012, I don't know, you know? Right. But I, I said to him, I go like, you know, they kept in touch, they said, you know, they gave me their cards, and I'd like, love to get in touch with you and do some stuff, but. So I, I'd like to send them there, you know, to get some. I guess the one they did have was the CSI Humboldt guys, and he's pretty legit for the most part. His cuts are all legit, you know? Mm-hmm. You know the legit people out there. There's a lot, you know, people that have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Like IC you know. Collective as well, correct? Oh, Ben and that over at IC Collective, it's, and you know, they're the West Coast chem dog as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. He's part of my family and has been since the dead tour back in the day. We hung out at dead shows back in the day. It was my friend, we used to hang out all the time. And he was one of the first people on, that had the Chem 91, actually, in Lake Tahoe, I believe, in 95, he went out there with it. So he's had it first out there, pretty much. Cause wow. Actually, he has had it first. And then he gave it to, I believe, Jay, you know, Scum VA, mm-hmm. who had it. And he kept it when, you know, when we lost it and had everything going. And So we're, you know, they're, they're the ones that have the real deal. No, they're the real deal chem dog people out west for sure. Yeah, and we should mention that um, you know in our testing uh, for cannabis cups, we've we've tested chem dog at over thirty two percent THC, which is pretty unprecedented um, as far as I believe. Yeah, the Colorado the, did that a couple years ago, right? That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we should also mention that there's uh, a bunch of other strains uh, involved in the chem family. I mean, the bubble chem, um, super snow dog, which is one of my favorites, uh, Jeezel, uh, chem sister and then in 2006 uh, the chem 4 right that's like the reunion pheno well, well yeah we got to back up a little bit so we got to go to 2000 when I started the chem D mm-hmm. which is on fire right now the chem D is on fire yeah um, and then, then in 2006 I ended up touching back base online um, getting in touch with Joe B and P but online kind of like that was that's why they dubbed that the reunion you know I ended up sending Joe B for my original 13 seeds and he ended up starting them. I think he labeled them one, two, three, four. And the 
so I think they're all still popping around, but they're not, you know, nothing was like the four. That was the best one. Yeah. The four was the best, you know, out of those. And he dubbed it the reunion, you know, so. Right. That one's out. And I believe the three is pretty good, too, that's around there, but not nothing like the four. You know, they never really got named. Right. And um, we alluded to it a bit earlier, but uh, you had some legal troubles in 2011, um, got a bit hemmed up and uh, basically uh, lost your home. You lost your house, right? To uh, No, I, lo- I lost everything. Yeah. Yeah, everything. All the strains and your home. No, no. Strains were safe. Strains were safe. Right. But I lost everything else. Mm-hmm. Monetary value, home, car, every cent I had for my college kids, funds. Everything done, done. And so. uh, just based on you being raided, based on a, a tip from an informant and that sort of thing. And that's what it was exactly, exactly. Someone ratted on me, and don't really know who to this day. There's a few ideas who it was, but you don't want to get into that, you know. So it's yeah, full well, on proof, you know. But now um, all, but all of that, uh, all of that is in the past, and your, you know, your probation is over, and all of that, uh, you know, is now basically completely in the past, correct? Completely in the past. We've been been clear now for about five years, four years, four five years now. That's great. And, and, so, and I mean, as and you know, um, you know, people are making fortunes in this industry at this point, uh, and some of them using uh, the genetics that you know you put out there. Um, so let's talk about your plans for the future. I, you know, I really want to see um, you. You own the ChemDog uh, brand, correct? Like yep. the trademark. Yeah, yes, I do. And I, yep. And I own the logo. My logo is trademarked. I did that. We should, Name's been trademarked for a long time, but mm-hmm. we, um, we should mention that uh, you know it's D O G, uh, ChemDog. Um, the strain and chem dog the person um, but there is JJ NYC's um, sh- you know crosses that he's done which he uses the DAWG name to differentiate uh, from the you know chem family uh, originals yeah so and J- JJ has my full blessings of everything right. too he yeah. did that out of respect so. mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and uh, yeah he, and he makes a great product um, yeah but yeah so let's talk about the this the, the, the future here I know you have uh you know, you, you, you're blowing glass, and I, I love the glass. It's a, a you know, tribute to your, your mentorship with uh, Bob Snodgrass, I would imagine. And, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of really great, like, kind of old-school flavor um, glass. And so let's talk about that and, and your plans for the future. Yeah, well, actually, a lot of people don't know us, but I've been blowing glass since 1994. And um, up until about 2000, I stopped blowing glass and just kind of concentrated on the herb growing full-time more and just doing that whole thing and got out of glass and then after my legal troubles i got back into blowing glass in 2011 11 12 area and um i love it i'm not gonna stop doing it i love it it's it's very um it's fun it's soothing <laughs> and um i like making nice art you know so that's kind of cool and then i want to definitely you know maybe get out to a show or two to sell some glass and come out to one of the events you know a few of the events and kind of get out there um, and I'm definitely into doing any licensing agreements with anybody and doing some stuff and doing some work, you know? And I haven't really been approached by anybody. It's kind of funny. All these people are getting approached that really haven't been in the game too long or just, I don't know. And then there's me over here just sitting, you know, I'm open. I'm open to, open to hear some stuff, people. So, <laughs> well, you know? yeah, people definitely, uh, you know, look out for that. You can check out uh, ChemDog Instagram 
at chemdog underscore glass. That's the original and real uh, chemdog Instagram there. You can contact him via direct messages on that Instagram if you're interested in any sort of collaborations. Uh, you also have, uh, besides glass on there, you have uh, chemdog gear, you know, t-shirts and, and bags and, and hoodies and that sort of thing, right? Yes, I do. I'm, I have a bunch of stuff. And also, I think, I think I'm going to be at the June 9th and 10th event in Northampton, Mass. at the meat can event there. I think I'll have a booth set up. I'll have a bunch of glass and a ton of shirts and knapsacks and bags and all sorts of stuff there, too, also. So, and I also believe I may be speaking there. I'm not quite sure how the details of that yet, but you can maybe catch me over there doing, doing this talking. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I heard a rumor that um, Incredibles and you collaborated on a, uh, a line of pens, uh, vape pens that are coming out. Yes, we did. That's going to be a, a big, that's, that'll be the first thing for me that's coming out. It should be hopefully within, I'm hoping the end of June, July-ish, or just uh, wait for them to be up and running out there. And um, the material being stored and stashed. I went out there last year, sat there with Peabody. He would choose their head, one of their head growers over there. And I went through, you know, brought, made sure they had the Chem D and the, the sister and the, uh, the Chem 91, and those were all good. And we're going to put those in and those nice pens they make. That's Soft awesome. Pens. It's amazing how it's come full circle. And there's Peabud again. He's growing for Incredibles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. That's amazing. And that's what they like about it, too, because it's kind of full circle and it's with him there. and. It makes it nice, you know. It sounds like the future is definitely bright. It's the year of the dog, as you reminded me at any can. Uh, 2018 is the year of the dog, and I hope uh, you know it continues to be the year of the dog, and that people um, recognize you for you know what it is that you know changing the face of, of marijuana genetics, and you know not really as a professional breeder, but really just as someone who. Uh, truly love the herb and, and the Grateful Dead scene and the fish scene and was able to create, you know, to, you know, refine something and, and hold on to something and share it um, with trusted friends. And I think uh, it's pretty amazing. And again, I hope that uh, this turns out to be the year of the dog for you. I hope it's the year of the dog. And thank you for having me on here, Danny. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Right on. And the best way for people to contact you is uh, through Instagram, chemdog underscore glass. That's correct. Yep. Excellent. Right on. We'll follow uh, chemdog and check out that Instagram. Uh, get, get yourself some glass, some one-of-a-kind chemdog glass pieces and some chemdog gear. Uh, I saw some really cool uh, bags, shirts, all kinds of ringer tees and everything else on there. And uh, yeah, we're excited that you're going to be, you know, participating more in this industry that you helped, uh, you know, establish. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully I'll get out to some of your cups one of these days. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you're always invited. Um, we'd love to have you come and judge as well. Thanks, man. I definitely would. I'm a hard judge, though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You got to be. Um, so, all right. Well, thanks to Chemdog, and we will be back with our cultivation segment. Stick around. All right, so we are back. Thank you so much to the legend Chemdog for honoring us with an interview. You couldn't ask for a better uh, first guest now uh, for our <laughs> free weed free weed reboot. Absolutely. I mean, people have been wanting to hear from from the guy, and and you know he's 
somewhat elusive at times, and, and that's all changing, so that's very exciting. Um, but that makes him even more exciting to get as a guest, because he's hard to, to pin down. And, right. And a great interview. So Exactly. Thank you, Kim. Yes. So what are we doing here? Is this uh, Strain of the Fortnite? Yeah, let's let's do a strain of the Fortnite, and maybe you know, for our first time uh, listeners, uh, explain exactly what that is. Right. Well, we every show we talk about a particular strain, and uh, basically, just you know, uh, explain maybe its origins, where it came from, who's the breeder, uh, how you can get it and grow it yourself, and why you should. Well, that, so that was a good explanation, except that you said every show we do this. Uh, Strain of the Fortnite came up basically because of our laziness, um, and uh, of course Fortnite is a, a two-week period. Right. We're going to try to do better than that, but um, right. there's only so many strains, right? That's true. That's true. But the strain that uh, we're highlighting today is a really great one. It's called Remo Chemo, and um, it's actually named after and created by one of uh, our friends, uh, the legendary ca- Canadian grower... Remo, uh, who's also known as the Urban Grower. So I know he's been having some issues with his YouTube page, um, but we should definitely, uh, you know, check out the Urban Grower on YouTube and and, uh, Facebook and all of the other platforms that are out there. Um, Remo's been fighting the good fight up in the Great White North for many, many years. Um, He and his better half, Sandra, are uh, freedom fighters and also... Uh, connoisseurs. I mean, uh, every time I've been up there to visit, Remo rolls these big cannons of, uh, of uh, you know, cannon-sized joints and just basically tries to put me on the floor with these amazing, uh, amazing strains that they have up there. Um, the Remo Chemo is a collaboration um, between Remo and our friends at Dynafem Seeds in Spain. Um, what they've done is basically taken a strain that, that uh, Remo found uh in Canada that had a specific ability to help with uh, with pain and with uh, medical patients, particularly people fighting cancer. And that's why it's called the Remo Chemo. It's not a chem strain, um, but it's got that chemo name in it because it helps with people that are, you know, going through chemotherapy um, to, you know, relieve their pain, relieve, relieve their nausea and make them hungry. Because one of the things that happens when you have chemotherapy is is you get nauseous and you just can't deal with you know any kind of food going into your body and it's just bad for you not to consume food so the remo chemo definitely gives you the munchies um it's really potent it's got high levels of thc as far as flavors go it's really kind of earthy um kind of get that black pepper vibe that you get there's a diesel fuel sort of aroma uh, that you get from it as well. It's indica dominant for sure. Um, it grows really dense and sturdy, so you might, you know, pruning is necessary, uh, especially during the vegetative stage. You get lar- lar- a lot of bigger yields if you do some pruning or some uh, some training with the Remo Chemo. Um, outdoors, you want to harvest this stuff uh, around mid October for best results. Uh, but I want to just shout out to Remo, the urban grower and Dynafem Seeds for creating this amazing strain. And uh, again, I've also heard really good uh, feedback from people who are making uh, oils, you know, hash oils that people consume, um, not just as in dab form, but, um, you know, like in the RSO form where you're, you're actually eating the, the oil 
um, in particular for people, like I said, with nausea and issues like that. So that's a Rick Simpson oil RSO. That's right. But there's, you know, there's different ways to make that stuff. That's the original one. And then, the, you know, there's been improvements made on that product. But, it, you know, that's the stuff that comes in a syringe and, uh, you know, you administer it to yourself orally. And especially when nausea is an issue, um, this is the stuff for you. And this really helps. So shout out to Remo. Um, shout out to the strain Remo Chemo and Dynafem Seeds, which you can check out at dynafem.org. D-I-N-A-F-E-M.org. Yeah, and uh, the Remo Chemo was actually one of your uh, top 10 strains for our December 2017 issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the main reasons I chose it is because of the medical qualities. I just think that it's really important that people know that there are these really strong indicas that they can take. Uh, that can help them. So Remo Chemo is a wonderful solution to that problem. Excellent. All right. First strain of the fortnight down. Nicely done. Uh, The next thing we do in our cultivation section is uh, each week, Dan picks a topic and uh, kind of explains that grow topic to everybody to help you guys become better growers or even start growing if you haven't and you're interested in doing that. And if I'm not mistaken, the topic you've chosen is actually a subject that we cover very extensively in our July issue. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk about cloning. Um, it's a particular form of propagation. Uh, it's really important when you want to grow evenly. So if you're, you're growing and uh, a level canopy is really important to you, you need to grow from clones. Because seeds just have a lot of variety. Uh, some will tend to grow taller and stretch more some will stay shorter uh, and what happens is if you're just using you know one or two lights or whatever it might be and you can't really adjust them too much you end up with plants that are too low and, and aren't able to take advantage of the light at canopy level so cloning is important for other reasons too uh, if you want to just grow the same strain you know if you find find something you know like a phenotype of that remo chemo that really helps you and works for you then you keep a mother plant of that and you take clones of it and you can grow it over and over and over. And, you know, it's vital, I think, in, you know, these production gardens and personal gardens to have an understanding of cloning. We've obviously talked a lot about cloning in the past on the show. The two most important things I always harp on are temperature and humidity. These are the keys to cloning. And what, what I mean by that is the temperature in your home and the humidity in your home are typically too low for cloning success. You need to raise the temperature and you need to raise the humidity. Um, in most cases, I mean, some people live in humid rainforests uh, that are super warm, but yeah. most of us don't have that luxury. So we have to create that. And, uh, you know, a cheap way to do that, in my opinion, is to get, you know, a plastic tray with a clear dome over the top of it, put your clones under fluorescent lighting, and uh, put a heat mat. Uh, underneath that tray just to warm it up enough uh, that it's above room temperature. You want it to be, you know, 80 degrees or so inside your cloning chamber, and you want it to be about 80% humidity as well. And those those plastic domes are important because they kind of trap all of that good humidity in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a fine line there between having too much humidity. If it gets up in the 90s, you end up with potentially killing the clones because of, of mold. So I'll, I'll cut, like you know, quarter sized holes on both ends of these plastic trays, just to let enough air in to keep it from being stagnant. You know, you don't, you don't want that 
you know, 90% humidity stagnant air in there because ultimately that'll allow uh, fungus and mold to attack your clones. Um, but if you keep it, you know, at a steady 70 to 80 and there's a little bit of airflow coming through there, um, you really kind of dial it in perfectly and you get, you know, tremendous rooting success. You don't want the clone to struggle as it's rooting um, because that struggle just creates, you know, stress that will slow the plant down later in life. You want a healthy clone to root as quickly as possible and start off its vegetative stage uh, green and, and ready to go. And so this is a uh, sort of a frequently asked questions about cloning. So like I said, humidity, temperature, very important. Um, shout out to Stony Tark, uh, the writer who wrote this cloning frequently asked questions in that issue, um, which is our July 2018 issue. Um, and I'm going to kind of take do my own take on some of these questions. Um, when is the right time to take a clone? Uh, that's, you know, kind of a matter of, you know, opinion of personal opinion. Basically, you want a mother plant that, you know, is a female uh, producing plant. Right. So um, you've taken cuttings from the plant and you've determined that the plant is female. And now you have at least, you know, three or four nodes on that plant, hopefully more, because you want to take as many clones as possible from the plant. And um, so basically, once the plant has enough branches and leaves that, you know, it'll sustain a cloning sort of purge, then you're okay. It depends on if you're taking three or four clones off a very young plant, or if you need, you know, 50 clones off of a much older plant. Um, tend to, I tend to find that, you know, the, the woodier, you know, stronger, thicker cuts uh, tend to root quicker. Um, so you, it's, it's a good idea to take clones from the middle region of a plant rather than so much the tops and the bottoms. Uh, but you, you know, you figure that out over time. So the right time to take the clone is basically two weeks or so before you want to start the vegetative stage of growth. Um, same around the same time you would plant a seedling if you were, you know, putting that into the vegetative stage of growth, because once the clone roots, it's going to be bigger than the seedling, and it's already going to have uh, a bit of a root system as well. Uh, question number two, do I need to use rooting hormone? Um, technically, the answer is no. I mean, I've seen clones root, uh, you know, literally just like grandmother style in a cup of water on a windowsill uh, over time. It's not the, the best idea, but it, it, it'll work that way. Um, what the rooting hormone is good for is it provides a fungicide, which keeps, uh, you know, mold from attacking that cut end of the clone, which is important because it's vulnerable at that time. Once you cut it off the plant and you start trying to induce roots, it's vulnerable to a lot of attacks. So, you know, dipping it into a gel or a powder will provide it with a, uh, a barrier against, uh, fungus. Um, at the same time, there's like B1 uh, and all kinds of vitamins and, and, and things there that help to induce rooting. So it certainly doesn't hurt. It's a, it's a great thing to do. It will definitely help. Um, you know, it'll help with your rooting success and it'll help with the health of the cuttings once they are rooted, which, like I said, is really important. You can root a clone and it'll put out roots. and, and, and But if that upper part of the clone uh, goes through a lot of stress and damage, uh, you're not going to have a healthy plant. So definitely use rooting hormone when you're cloning. Uh, what is the best medium to root my clones in? It's another great question. Uh, I like, uh, 
you know, jiffy pots uh, and things like that that are more natural uh, alternative to rock wool. Rock wool works great. You, know, you just have to, you know, keep it moist, uh, keep it oxygenated, keep it warm, keep it humid. Uh, but rock wool, little, you know, those little one inch by one inch cubes work great. Uh, they're just, you know, problematic in the way that rock wool is pl- problematic because of the environment and because of the way that it's produced and all of that. But hey, if it's a one inch by one inch cube and it's going to go into uh, a nice, healthy, you know, soil mix, then more power to you because once because it allows moisture and oxygen to reach that cut end, roots uh, are induced very quickly in rock wool. But again, there are natural al- alternatives. You can use perlite, vermiculite. Uh, basic soil mix always works as well as long as you keep it nice and moist so i would say the cocoa jiffies are probably you know your best bet if you're looking for quick rooting and uh, natural mediums Uh, what temperature do my clones need to be Uh, i mentioned earlier obviously not room temperature they have to be higher than that so you know i like you know 80 degrees or so i like the humidity to be about 70 um, so basically, seventy degree, seventy five degrees Fahrenheit, uh, and seventy percent humidity is pretty good. Um, why is there fuzzy mold growing inside my propagator? That's you know heat and stagnant air and wet conditions. So, you know if you have to put a little fan or something just to move the air around, please do that. Um, why has my clone started growing white bumps around the base? Okay, well that's the root cells actually being formed. Um, so those are called primordia and those are great and you just don't want to disturb them. You want to make sure that they root, uh, you know, cleanly and that the, there's no, uh, disruption in that process. Uh, when will my clones start showing roots? Uh, clones should start rooting within, you know, four to five to seven days or so of when they've been, uh, cut from the mother plant. If it's taking two or three weeks for your clones to root, uh, it's taking too long. So you definitely want to bring that down to about seven days tops and uh, be ready to put them into the container they're going to go in for their vegetative stage as well. Uh, does it matter which part of the mother plant a clone is taken from? I mentioned this earlier. The, the middle part of the plant is probably the best part. Um, tops root quickly too. Uh, you know, you're going to find more success if you take them from kind of a little bit more established middle part of the plant. All right, cool. Well, you know what? We're uh, running a little over, so we're going to have to leave that tip there. But fortunately, the uh, July issue of High Times has this great uh, cloning FAQ, and that is going to hit newsstands on May 8th. So please go pick that up, and, uh, and you can pick up sort of where Dan left off. There's a lot of great information in that issue. All right, cool. So... Let's move on really quick to uh, my favorite part of the show. And for people just uh, tuning in for the first time, we give uh, advice on this show. Your questions get answered by Danny Danko right here. <laughs> so you can uh, get your question um, on this show if you hit us up. You could get us uh, free weed at hightimes.com. You could also get us on Twitter if you go and follow at Danny Danko. Just hit him up or use the hashtag free weed. We check there as well. So let's do a couple of these questions. Now, some of these questions are old. We're hoping to get a bunch of new ones from all of our listeners after this show, so uh, we're digging a little deep here. But our friend Rogue Maple writes, uh, Danny, what is a realistic expectation of dried weight per plant? Wow. Uh, a tough question to answer because there's so many factors that uh, play into this, but I would say 
you know, dealing with a, a five-gallon uh, bucket and a plant that has a one-month to five-week veg- vegetative time under an HID light should yield between a quarter to a half a pound uh, from each plant. So for four to eight ounces or so, you should be able to get that from one plant in a five-gallon bucket with a one-month to five-week veg time and then, of course, the two-month flowering time. People don't sometimes factor that in. The vegetative time is just the time it takes for the plant to grow without flowering. The flowering time is the time it takes to actually build the buds that uh, we're going to cut off and trim and dry and smoke. So uh, three months or so, let's say, a five-gallon bucket under HID lighting should get about a a quarter pound to a half pound. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Rogue Maple. We hope that helps you out a little bit. And uh, let's move on to this next question from Justin. Uh, This comes up a lot, and especially now that uh, the strains are just going through the roof with uh, THC content. Justin writes, are there any strains out there that are actually over 30% THC? Or how about 27 to 29% THC? And if they are out there, how hard is it to find one? All right. Well, they are out there for sure. We have our Strongest Strains on Earth article uh, by my colleague Nico Escondido that comes out every year. And we've seen uh, definitely strains climbing over 30% THC, um, including, I think, Ghost Train Haze, uh, you know, the Chemdog strains. A lot of those are testing up there. So there are strains up there. The other thing is, is uh, you know, THC level is important and it has to do with potency, but it's not the end all be all. So, you know, while it's great, you know, when a strain tops 30% or whatever it might be, I think anything more than, you know, 20%, at that point, you know, it's pretty strong. And now you're, you're really hoping that it's got flavor and, um, smell you know like a good scent and a good you know experience of feeling you know the feeling that it gives you which isn't all in the thc it's in the interaction between the you know terpenes and the flavonoids and the cannabinoids so uh you know i'm i would say you know thc levels sometimes a little bit overrated when people walk into a dispensary and that's the determining factor of what they choose to buy I think, you know, it's much more important to smell it, to taste it. The burnability is very important, whether it's been properly flushed and fed properly. Um, but as far as finding those strains, you know, like I said, we mentioned a few of them. Ghost Train Haze, uh, that's a rare dankness strain. Uh, the Chem strains we talked about with Chem, and, and those are becoming more and more available. Uh, and, you know, check that article out, Strongest Strains on Earth. Uh, there's, you know... It'll tell you what the high percentages are, and most of those strains are, are available in one form or another. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that this question comes up because we're actually going to be um, taking a closer look at lab testing in an upcoming article, uh, just because there is a lot of uh, variation from uh, lab to lab. So it's an interesting subject, but most importantly, as Dan pointed out, THC uh, content, once it's above a certain threshold, isn't the only thing that matters. So. Yeah, I mean, and like, I, you know, it just, it's a little frustrating when you see you're in a dispensary and you see people say like, well, what's the highest THC? It's, there's so much more to it. And right. so, you know, I'm hoping that people will, uh, will educate themselves to the, to, to all the other factors that are a part of the enjoyment and the experience of cannabis. 
Absolutely. Okay, uh, we're a little over here, but let's just do two more real quick. Uh, Dan writes in, and he's very specific to tell you that uh, his email might be Danny D, but it's not for Danny Danko. His name just happens to be Dan, and he liked being called Danny, and his friends called him Danny D. So he's not a weird stalker. He's <laughs> not trying to single white female you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dan writes, I flushed my plants, but forgot to pH the water. So my water is normally at 8.5 pH, but I checked the pH on the water that came out of the pot, and it was 6.5. Am I still good, or do I need to go lower on the next watering? I mean, I think you're fine. I think you're actually better at the 6.5 range than you were at the 8.5 range. Uh, The 8.5 would show me that there's some sort of an issue in the soil. If the water is that you're pouring in is coming out that high. Um, that means your medium is probably too high. Uh, so the fact that it's now coming out at 6.5 seems much more, you know, reasonable and, and, and within the parameters that you want to be in, which is basically in soil, you know, between basically 5.8 and 6.5 or so. Uh, so, that it seems like you're probably better off the way you're doing it now. And I'm glad to hear that you're flushing because, you know, this is another, again, another thing that most, you know, most growers don't do the flushing and the curing process, which is actually the, you know, what determines quality more so than almost any other factors. All right. We hope that helps uh, other Danny D and let's move on to our last one. It's from Guido who writes, uh, what do you recommend for long-term storage of buds? Keep in mind, I grow for myself to supply me all year long, so we're talking a few pounds. Yeah, uh, this comes up a lot too. It, you know, people talk about the freezer and the refrigerator. I do not recommend putting any cannabis in your freezer or your refrigerator. Just too many issues. There's you know, light contamination. There's uh, temperature fluctuations. There's moisture in there. I think. Uh, you know, glass jars that are sealed tight in a cool, dark place is how you want to store your cannabis. Um, so, you know, a closet, a pantry, that sort of thing. Um, the darker colored jars are even better. You know, the the blue, uh, I don't even know what they call it, but there's that chromatic glass or whatever it's called um, that doesn't allow light to penetrate the glass. Those work great. But again, if you're going to keep it dark and cool in that place, then... Uh, then the you know the jars aren't as important as just the fact that they're sealed and they're in a cool dark place. Uh, not the root root cellar though. <laughs> you All know? right. Uh, like you know, a closet, a cupboard, any any kind of cool dark place that's not going to have a lot of temperature fluctuation and no light penetration. Sounds good. Thank you, Guido. And thank you to uh, everybody who patiently waited over the last three years to get their question answered on this (laughs) show. Uh, We hope that you will now supply us with new questions. If you'd like to uh, have your grow question answered on this show, uh, get us at freeweed at hightimes.com, at Danny Danko on the Twitter, hashtag freeweed. Uh, We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. We're back, and uh, we're wrapping it up for the first time in, what, three years? Yeah, that's right. We uh, we went on a hiatus in uh, October of 2015, and here we are in May of 2018, back with a vengeance. It went by like that. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, 
we love you guys. It's uh, exciting really... to be back and, and doing this again. I yeah, missed it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So interact with us. You know, check us out on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, definitely, you know, check all that stuff out. Uh, interact on iTunes in, in particular. If uh, if you want to, you know, rate us on iTunes and leave a, a nice comment there. Uh, that always helps with the uh, the logistics and, and the, the the programming there. Um, which is great, which that gets us up to more people. Share, you know, share the, the love if you know people are interested in growing. Um, you know, we have all those past 88 episodes, and now we have brand new ones coming your way. We should uh, also say just, you know, I think both Dan and I are kind of purists, and we wish that money didn't have as much influence on all of these things as it does, but, but it does. That's the truth of it. And we're just really, really grateful to have such a loyal and excellent sponsor like BC Northern Lights that's uh, right. supporting us throughout the years, like really for the entire run of the show. That's right. That's right. They've been with us, and so uh, definitely support them. Mention the podcast when you talk to them or, or, or if, you, uh, if you're getting some pricing from them, you know, be sure to tell them you heard about it from us. And yeah, thank you to Chemdog uh, for being our first guest here on the relaunch. Um, <laughs> thank you to you know Raw Papers, which we always wrap it up with Raw. Uh, thanks to BC Northern Lights, and especially thanks to you guys for being so patient. We we heard you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We you know we want to bring the show back, but we want to be consistent. So here we are, a weekly show, very exciting, and uh, hope see you guys you enjoy. See you in two years. <laughs> we'll nope. see you next week. We'll see you next week, and uh, thanks for your support.